1: You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed.
0: It's Aaron Moriarty, and we have a special episode for you today from my original podcast, My Life of Crime. I'm taking you inside true crime investigations like no one else, taking on killers and those accused of crimes. Here's an all new episode of My Life of Crime that takes you deeper into the killing of Daniel Green. Follow along as I go beyond the scene of each crime, beyond prison walls, and into the killer's inner thoughts. It's all on this season of my life of crime.
2: Erica Sandoval is the person that you could meet on the street and say, wow, she seems like a really nice person. She had the type of upbringing that millions of people have had before.
0: She dated, uh, she fell in love. There's nothing quite like that first thrill of love.
3: She was so into Daniel. The first time she spoke about him, she was just like, oh, the color of his eyes, and he was so nice to her. She was just in heaven. Erica always wanted to just have a stable relationship, have children.
0: It is unquestionably one of the most intense, profound emotions a person can feel.
1: When everything was going the way they should be in her eyes, she was pleasant to be around. It's only when things didn't go her way that she became nasty and and things got ugly between the two of them.
0: But when intense love flips into hate, it can lead to violence. And from what
1: I saw, the bad was really bad. She had cut up the couch and she had cut up the bed springs and stabbed holes in the wall and, you know, taken a bottle of pancake syrup and just spread it all over the carpet. Just a ridiculous amount of vandalism.
0: Or even murder.
1: On
2: February 6, 2015, in mid-afternoon, time stood still in Tulare County. When we in the law enforcement community came to find out that Daniel Green was executed that afternoon, in the sanctity and privacy of his own home.
0: I'm Aaron Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. There's a reason why cops investigating murders look first at the person closest to the victim. I mean, who else feels so intensely that they would risk everything to hurt another person? The Daniel Green case may change the way you look at domestic abuse, what you think it is, who you think commits abuse, and whether the legal system treats all abusers the same. We begin on that awful afternoon in February 2015, the day when 31 year old Daniel Green was found shot to death in his own bathroom in the town of Goshen, California. He
2: was executed. Here's a man who was literally on the toilet when he was shot.
0: That's the district attorney for Tulare County, Tim Ward. He was still angry when I spoke to him about the case because Daniel Green wasn't just a young man senselessly murdered. He was also a cop, an 11-year veteran of the Exeter Police Department. This
2: crime, when this happened, uh, really ripped apart not only the small town uh, that he was from and, and was a police officer in, but kind of the law enforcement community as well.
0: And because Daniel was a cop who had dealings with local gangs, investigators at first feared his death might be connected to his job. The killer had fired four bullets at Green, the fatal shot hitting him in the forehead. He was found lying on his back in the bathtub.
2: One of his fellow officers is the one that discovered him that day. Daniel loved being
0: a cop. Alex Geiser was the fellow officer who found him.
2: He loved getting out into the community and making a difference. So on the day of the incident, Daniel was supposed to come into work right before me. When I got to the police station, I asked the lieutenant where Daniel was. You get this gut feeling that something's wrong, that something bad was happening.
0: Daniel's home was just yards from his neighbors, but because he was shot in the day, many of them were at work. So no one heard the shots or called 911. No eyewitnesses saw the killer enter or leave the house. And the killer fled with a murder weapon.
4: Matt calls me, and I'd never heard Matt's voice like this. And he says, hey. And I said, what's going on? And he can't really get it out.
0: Daniel's sister, Misty Gray, first heard the news from her other brother, Daniel's twin brother, his identical twin brother, Matt. I couldn't say anything.
4: It, it was like he, there were no words. And he, I said... And you knew. I said, just tell me Daniel's okay. Just tell me he's okay.
0: And Matt said, I can't. I happen to be a twin myself and I'm not sure I have ever seen two brothers who look so much alike. Even Matt had trouble pointing out to me who was whom in photos. We were kind of like a team. It was the
4: three of us against the world type of thing.
0: They had grown up in the nearby small town of Porterville, California. Both brothers became police officers, although Matt later traded law enforcement for law school. I always thought it was neat. That
4: my, my big brothers, who are twins, uh, were both police officers at the same time. And I actually have the same photo of the two of them, and I cherish it.
0: And now Daniel was gone.
4: We will never be the same. Never. My life will forever be changed by this. That's just how it is now.
0: Was his death connected to his job? Daniel did have a reputation as a hard-nosed, by-the-book cop. But that theory didn't lead investigators anywhere, so they took a closer look at Daniel's personal life. At the time of his death, Daniel Green was divorced and living alone, but at one time he had had a very passionate and often tumultuous relationship with Erica Sandoval, his ex-wife. Hours after Daniel was found dead, Erica rushed to the scene, teary-eyed and distraught. She told police that she hadn't seen Daniel that day, and Daniel's brother, Matt, believed her.
1: If it had been years earlier, I think I would have automatically assumed it was her, but we'd just (laughs) seen them together, um, you know, a month before, and um, it didn't seem like there was any tension, so I just didn't know. I didn't know what had happened.
0: Daniel had met his future wife six years earlier in 2009, and he fell hard.
4: I think he loved her. In his way, he wanted the family. He wanted so desperately to have a family. Uh, Matt was married. By then, I was married, and he was the only one that was not.
0: He was, you know, infatuated with her. And Erica was just as infatuated with him.
3: It's like a little girl, like, you know, when they get candy. They get super excited. She was so into Daniel.
0: Was she? She was. That's Angelica Ramirez, one of Erica's close friends from childhood. But the two came from very different backgrounds. Daniel and his siblings had a tough childhood, while Erica was from a close-knit, middle-class family from Southern California. David is her older brother. She wanted to find the right guy, and then obviously start having a family. Still, everyone was surprised when Daniel and Erica skipped a traditional wedding and got married in Las Vegas. Daniel was 26, Erica 23.
4: I remember getting a text message at 10 o'clock at night with a picture of a marriage license in Vegas.
0: And some of Daniel's friends, especially from a local motorcycle club, were downright concerned.
2: Few things happened before they even actually got married, and I pulled Daniel aside and I said, "Dude, don't marry this chick."
0: That's Herb Adamy. Tell me why. What was what happened that made you say that?
2: It was the it was all the the incidents at the house.
0: Herb says that Daniel had talked about Erica's anger. He said that she had once cut up furniture with a razor blade. Daniel's brother said that he had heard Daniel crying after Erica laced into him.
1: It devastated me to hear my brother crying and to hear the way that she was talking to him. It broke my heart. Erica was trying
4: to create a rift in the family between us.
0: Daniel's sister and brother said that he might've thought that kind of behavior was perfectly normal because they had grown up in a troubled home with an abusive stepfather. Alcohol, drugs, and, alcohol abuse, stuff like that. Were
1: any of you abused? Just, you know, physical abuse yeah. probably and some neglect and stuff.
0: Would your stepfather hit you? Yeah. With, with his yeah. hand or, Hands, or with belts, boards. Um, what well, I guess whatever was laying around. Their stepfather had a long criminal record that included arrests for assault, domestic violence, and driving under the influence. And Misty says her older twin brothers took the brunt for her.
4: Matthew and Daniel always protected me. They would get in between my stepdad trying to physically harm us. And um, when I would get scared, I would go crawl
0: in bed with my brothers. Their mother at one point did get a restraining order against their stepfather, who is now dead. But now they worried that the domestic abuse that they all endured as children seemed to be repeating itself with Daniel and Erica. In the case of my brother, he was the one constantly
1: being controlled and, and isolated and you know verbally and emotionally abused.
0: As an officer, he would probably run into women who were being abused. Would he not recognize himself in that same situation?
1: I think he did. He just
0: probably felt like he had nothing he could do about it, that he was maybe trapped in a cycle. We don't hear about male victims often, maybe because men like Daniel don't want to admit they are being abused. And in fact, it's not as rare as you might think. I think men don't come forward for many of the
4: same reasons that women don't come forward when they are experiencing domestic violence.
0: Katie Meter runs the Tulare Family Services in the county, and she says that she actually had to expand the women's shelter to include rooms for men who were also fleeing abuse. Erica would cut up mattresses and couches. Is that domestic abuse? Absolutely. Property damage
4: is very common. Female victims, they will often describe, well, well, my partner never hit me, but he did punch a hole in the wall. And so there's this threat of physical violence. If I can uh, do this to your property, if I can do this to the things that you
0: love, what can I do to you? Forty-eight hours listeners know to always expect the unexpected, including when home appliances break down. An American Home Shield warranty can restore your sense of security. It's simple. When a covered item in your home breaks, contact American Home Shield and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it. Right now you can take 20% off. Go to ahscom 48 to save 20%. So try Simply Safe for 60 days risk free. If you don't love it, you can return your system for a full refund. Plus, we're offering listeners 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Don't wait. Visit simplysafe.com/48hours. That's slash 48 hours There's no safe like Simply Safe. Domestic abuse isn't always black and white. If Daniel thought violence was normal in a relationship, then it might explain some of his own behavior.
4: You will model relationships that have been modeled for you.
0: Angelica Ramirez says that Erica had said that Daniel was also abusive. She would tell
3: me constantly that he would grab her and choke her. She told me he choked her and that she
4: felt like she was going to pass out.
0: Once again, Daniel's sister, Misty...
4: It was a very toxic relationship. People should absolutely know and understand that it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, you're five foot or six foot, you can be a a victim of
1: domestic violence.
0: Matt, did you ever tell Daniel to leave? Of course. A lot? Uh, A lot, yeah. He
1: knew it was bad. People don't change. She's not
0: going to change. That's not what happens. There was one more violent episode in February 2011 when the police were called Neither Daniel nor Erica were arrested, but it was the last straw. The marriage was officially over in January 2012, a little more than a year after it began. I remember thinking he
1: he escaped this without,
0: you know, anything terrible happening, and that maybe he could get peace and be happy. But then came news that Erica was pregnant with Daniel's child.
4: I was like, geez, he's stuck with her for 18 years.
0: Erica moved back in with Daniel and they tried to make it work. But Daniel's motorcycle seemed to come between them. She hated that motorcycle. Yep, despised it.
1: You know, he'd get on his bike and he'd take off and, you know, she couldn't sit next
0: to him in the passenger seat yelling at him. She hated it so much that one of Daniel's friends thinks she may have sabotaged the bike one day before a ride. Once out on the road, Daniel was unable to stop for a red light.
1: And I'm like, hey, what's going on, man? He just grabbed all the wires and he just pulled them out. It was all the wires were all cut up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy.
0: Daniel told Mark Cortez that he believed His wife had cut the wires. He had no question it was Erica. Yeah. Erica later admitted to a friend that she had, quote, just snipped wires. Still, Daniel never reported it to the police and initially didn't even tell his siblings. He hid a lot of the stuff
1: that was going on. I think he knew that it would upset us.
0: Daniel and Erica's son, Adam, was born in January 2013. I don't have any doubt that the day his son was born was the happiest day of his life. Him having a kid was the best thing for him. On his Facebook, every day it was a picture of his kid. That was his life. That was his pride and joy. But the couple's relationship was just too broken. And in June 2013, Erica moved out of the house. And their problems only got worse the couple began to engage in a vicious war of words. Dan Chambers is Erica's lawyer. There's a lot of bitterness and anger throughout these text messages, no question about it. I mean, Daniel does call Erica some very bad names, and Erica uh, does the same. Daniel won primary custody of his son, which only deepened the divisions between the two. But here's the really weird part. Even with all the anger all the vitriol the couple would still occasionally sleep together and yet the dysfunction in the relationship was always just below the surface like a night in the fall of 2014 when Daniel told his friend Herb that he awoke to find Erica with a gun he told you that she woke up dreamed that he had been with another woman and held a gun to his head what did she say to him at that point She said that she was gonna kill him. If he left her. Yeah, or if he cheated on her. By the new year, Daniel and Erica seemed to have turned a new leaf on the relationship. They were still living apart, but they were civil with each other. And that's why neither Matt nor Misty thought she could possibly be responsible for his murder that occurred one month later. That morning, February 5th, 2015, Daniel Green dropped off their son, Aiden, with Erica's mother and then went to the gym. It was when he returned home that someone shot him dead, Tulare District Attorney Tim Ward. This was not anything other than a
2: cold-blooded, calculated execution.
0: The day following the murder, Erica was brought in for routine questioning, and that's when her stories began to shift. Erica originally said that she hadn't been inside Daniel's house in weeks, but a neighbor's surveillance camera appeared to contradict her.
2: The video that is out there shows um, a female um, enter
0: into that home. On the very day of the murder, you could see a woman enter the house. Investigators couldn't ID the woman in the video, but they tricked Erica, and they told her they knew it was her. That's when she broke down and led detectives to an empty lot where they found the murder weapon, a car 9 millimeter gun. She had shot Daniel with his own gun. Erica Sandoval was arrested for first-degree murder.
3: Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like, every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash
5: The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. Erica Sandoval
0: faced the death penalty for killing a cop who happened to be her ex-husband. Her legal team took nearly five years to prepare her defense. But finally, in October 2019, she went on trial. And that's when prosecutors revealed what they believed was the motive. Daniel was shot one week after he posted an Instagram photo of a new girlfriend, 20-year-old Brenda Vella. Is it possible that Daniel Gray would still be alive if he had never posted that picture on social media?
2: That's an impossible question, but y- you wonder. It's such a tragedy that we'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know.
0: Still, there is compelling evidence to support that theory, including a yellow sticky note found in Erica's purse with Brenda Vela's name and birth year. Erica also bombarded Daniel with 167 phone calls in the days leading up to the murder.
4: I think when Erica found out that the girl was hanging out with her son and that kind of made her snap.
0: But at trial, Erica's defense attorney, Dan Chambers, tried to shift the guilt away from Erica to Daniel Green himself, in essence, putting the dead police officer also on trial. And
2: at the end of the day, he was abusive.
0: The jury listened over and over again to audio tapes of the couple's verbal battles, like this one over their son Aiden, who was just a baby at that point.
6: Give him back to me, Daniel. No, don't touch
0: me. You're a f- right? f- Don't hit me. Okay, all right. You're going to jail. You f- And then Erica takes a chance and takes the stand in her own defense, hoping she can convince the jury that she was driven to take her husband's life. It was a collective decision,
2: and it wasn't an easy decision.
0: At that point, we were arguing a lot. You're listening to Erica herself on the stand, describing to jurors the abuse she claims she suffered from Daniel over the years. He
6: grabbed me by the shirt, my shirt, and he started shaking me back and forth. And he, as he was yelling at my face, shut the f up. He's like, you know, I could f- kill you and make it look like an accident. That's when um, when um he uh, grabbed me from my ponytail. He saw my head up in the dashboard while I was holding Aiden. And-,
0: and then she told them why she'd gone into her ex husband's home on February 5th, 2015. According to Erica, she had just gone there to snoop around.
6: saw the kitchen window, and I figured I'd
0: try to see if it was open. And so I took off the screen and I wedged it, and it was open. She walked through the house, grabbing two of Daniel's guns, and then she claims she found an open safe that contained two photos depicting child pornography. The first picture I saw,
6: Um, It was like a girl, she looked to be maybe like 12, 13, next to a bed.
0: Erica's story took prosecutors and investigators by surprise because she had never mentioned the photographs in any previous statements. District Attorney Ward doesn't believe her account.
2: That was the very first time um, that we ever had even heard that or anything close to that.
0: Ward says no such photos were found, but on the stand, Erica says she left them in the safe.
6: It just made me think like fantasies that he like had with me, the school girl outfits he'd want me to wear. I thought, you know what I mean? like I Is he watching this kind of stuff around my son?
2: What's the next thing you remember doing?
6: I heard his truck. I was thinking about Aiden. I don't know
0: if he was doing said to Aiden, maybe. And then Erica says she heard Daniel come home, and so she hid in a closet. And I heard him coming down the
6: hallway, passing by the room. I was
0: scared. I didn't know where he was going. And when she heard him go into the bathroom, Erica told the jury she just snapped.
6: I stepped out of the closet and I stepped out of Aiden's room and I stood right there in front of Daniel. He was in the toilet. As soon as he saw me, he said, I'm going to kill you. And he started getting up. As soon as he started raising my arm. And he shot. many times? I didn't know how many times I shot. I know I shot. Do you regret what you did? <laughs> of course I regret it. Every day. I regret it every day. Has it cost you? My son.
0: My family. And Erica sticks to her story about the photos even when cross-examined by the assistant DA, David Alavesos, who clearly doesn't believe it.
2: You know they're not in the report, so you just expected them to magically show up.
6: No, I advised my attorney as to what I saw.
2: And nobody else?
0: No, just my attorney. Erica says that she deliberately kept the information from investigators.
6: I didn't trust them. They've never given me a reason to trust them. Daniel always told me how they always had each other's backs.
0: She never loses her cool. But Alavezos makes it clear for the jury what he thinks of her story. That's a disgusting
2: lie. To make you feel Daniel's not worth a murder charge. To devalue him as a human being. That is the sole purpose of it.
0: But what will the jury do with the information? Will they believe Erica? Will they feel sorry for her and find her guilty of something less than first-degree murder? In his closing arguments, Erica's attorney, Dan Chambers, puts the blame on both Erica and Daniel. Tied together, he says, by a traumatic bond that is difficult to understand. Both are victims and both are aggressors. On November 20th, 2019, the case went to the jury. After four long days of deliberations, they tell the trial judge they're done. They are hopelessly deadlocked.
2: I am going to declare
0: this trial a mistrial. Deadlocked 11 to 1, with one single juror refusing to convict Erica of murder in the first degree. Three of the jurors agreed to discuss that holdout juror. It came uh, evident that day after day, hour after hour, that we, she wasn't going to waver. And
1: uh, then the reality of a hung jury started to sink in. And she just never gave much reasoning behind why she felt the way she did. Tensions just got high and they started yelling at each other. And it they were getting emotionally involved.
0: The one juror refused to budge, even as her fellow jurors raised doubts about Erica's story about finding that child porn.
6: There was never any pictures that
2: we saw. You could tell she obviously lied on the stand, and I think a lot of the trial was spent by the defense, not defending her,
1: but rather attacking Daniel. I think every juror had uh, empathy for her. Uh, they also had uh, Empathy for him. Uh, We saw just how vindictive, or forceful that she was towards him. And uh, why is she still staying there? Why is he still staying there?
0: These are the same questions we all have. Why were Daniel and Erica still sleeping together? Could anyone have intervened? Erica is alive, but she's lost everything. She's lost her son, her freedom, her future. Although she wasn't convicted this time around, she will remain in prison until she's tried again for the first-degree murder of the man she says she once loved. It's devastating.
4: There's a, a hole that'll never be filled. It'll never heal, ever.
0: Daniel's son, Aiden, is almost ten and is now living with a man who is the spitting image of his dad, Matt. You're raising Daniel's son. Was that a tough decision?
1: No, I don't know. The least that I could do is make sure that he knew how much his father loved him.
0: I'm Aaron Moriarty. Forty-eight hours. And that's My Life of Crime. This podcast series is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigard is 48 Hours executive producer. Jonathan Clark is CBS News Radio executive producer. Production and editing for this season of My Life of Crime by Alan Pang. This episode was also produced by Paula Rosa and Kat Turfs of 48 Hours. Craig Swagler is vice president and general manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a thank you to all of you, our listeners. We owe it all to you, the millions of 48 Hours fans. Don't forget to join me online. I'm at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we're at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'll be talking to you soon.
5: Allow your imagination to be piqued by stories that are brought to life through captivating sound design, eerie soundscapes, and dynamic performances. 500 500 that's audible.com slash thrill or text thrill to 500 500 what came first the chicken or the egg spoiler alert
2: it's neither
5: at happy egg we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first because without happy hens there would be no such thing as happy eggs you know eggs with delicious orange yolks Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on 8-plus acres of family-owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you.
0: Happy
2: Egg.